0: To conquer oneself is a greater victory than to conquer thousands in a battle. Dalai Lama. Hello. So what are you thinking? You're listening to the Healthy Mind, Healthy Self Show. I'm your host, Martha Alvarez, psychotherapist and life coach. And this is a place for you to explore your thoughts, emotions, and behaviors so that you can make more mindful choices achieve those things that you so desire so tune in and enjoy Hey there, welcome back to the Healthy Mind, Healthy Self show, where today I'm going to be kind of following up on last week's topic about relationships. Last week I spoke a bit about relationship poison, I called it, and I was referring to basically resentment and anger and how that can harm a relationship. And today I'm thinking of it in a way sort of like a sequel where I'm still going to talk about a relationships, but how your anxiety or somebody else's anxiety might be affecting your relationship. So let's dive into that topic. I think we are all very familiar to how anxiety manifests in your body, in your behavior, in your thoughts, whether it's, um, you know, for yourself or somebody else. And then there's that space where you wonder, is it clinical or is it just everyday anxiety that might be getting a little bit, you know, out of control? And my purpose for today's episode is not for you to decipher whether it's clinical or not, but just to kind of gain awareness as to how anxiety shows up in relationships and give you some tools on how to manage it. And I do want to start off by saying that anxiety is always concerned about the future events. With anxiety, there is an element of lack of control. And with that comes fear. So fear, worry, control, all of that. Is what kind of surrounds anxiety, and I do want to bring to your attention that clinically there are five anxiety disorders. That's uh, panic disorder, social anxiety disorder, obsessive compulsive, post traumatic stress, and generalized anxiety disorder. And while the DSM has specific criteria on how to diagnose and then treat some of these disorders, one of the questions that you want to ask yourself when your anxiety seems to be escalating is is it interfering with my life with my functioning is it interfering with my sleep with the way I eat with my career in my family with social participation how is it interfering and then what's the severity to what extent for how long what are the physical symptoms that accompany it and is this stress or anxiety out of proportion The way I'm reacting, is it out of proportion? So those are some questions that as a clinician, we ask and we look for it to help figure out whether it's a clinical disorder or just everyday anxiety. So depending on what your answer is to some of that, you may want to explore this topic a little bit further with someone that's trained to decipher that. But for the purpose of today's show, I want to talk about the triggers of anxiety. And in a relationship, it's not only your triggers that you're dealing with, it's the other person's triggers. So triggers can be most anything. Okay, you can have a trigger surrounding, let's say, health issues. If you have uncertainty about maybe some pains or something that's happening with your body, some chronic illness, and you don't know what's happening, that can trigger anxiety. Medicine can trigger anxiety, and even caffeine, which, you know, caffeine affects your body the same way meds do, that can trigger anxiety. Skipping meals, your blood sugar can trigger anxiety. Financial matters, um, negative thinking. Socially, people and circumstances can trigger anxiety and then everybody has their own personal triggers and this can be a sort of PTSD. Maybe uh, words people use or tones or the tone of how they speak to you, or maybe uh, certain environments or even emotional wounds from their childhood that may still not have been uh, fully uh, processed and dealt with, that can all trigger anxiety. And again, it's your anxiety, it's the other person's anxiety, and then it shows up as a behavior, basically as a pattern. And when I talk about patterns, I'm talking about the way you think or the way that you relate to things, the way you behave, and the way you feel. They seem to come up again and again. And some patterns that we deal with in relationships can be, you know, manifested as anger or irritability, or maybe um, by judging or criticizing or withdrawing. Some people choose the silent treatment or they check out of a relationship, even if they're physically there. Some people tend to become more controlling or um, you know, develop trust issues. Other people may start overthinking, have doubt, uncertainty. And a big one that I see often in counseling is it's expecting someone else to manage and fix your anxiety when that's not anybody else's job. It's your job to manage your own anxiety. So when you start gaining awareness to what your triggers are and the patterns and how they show up, then you can start developing positive coping skills in order to manage and ease these symptoms of anxiety because it does disrupt relationships whether it's with your kid or your spouse or a coworker, just with anybody else, if you're feeling anxious, and you're tense in your body, and maybe the way you speak isn't so nice, or if you're withdrawing, or any of these things that I mentioned before, obviously, it's going to affect the other person on the receiving end. As far as the person on the receiving end, when they receive this anxiety, or this behavioral pattern, or this feeling, when that gets activated, then they are going to start Reacting and they have their own pattern, so it forms this vicious circle. And what we're trying to do is break that up so that each person in a relationship actually manages their own thoughts, their own behaviors, their own feelings. And we do that again by getting more aware. So that's actually the first coping skill I want to talk about, which is awareness. And when I talk about awareness, I'm talking about. Physical awareness, number one, where are you holding this stressor, this anxiety? Is it in your jaws, in your neck, in your shoulders? Maybe it's in your stomach. People hold stress, anxiety, uncertainty, and fear in all different parts of their body. And for you to start getting awareness as to where you're holding, that just Kind of start thinking about all your body parts and then check in with yourself and ask yourself, does it feel like there's flow in that area or does it feel tight? Does it feel any pain? What am I feeling and where on a physical level? That's one awareness that you can practice in developing. And when you start doing any of these awareness exercises, I always want you to think, Of your triggers, which would be the next thing that I'll talk about, which is what triggered that feeling or that behavior or that thinking pattern. But going back to awareness for a minute, I spoke about behavioral, I mean, um, physical awareness, but I also want you to gain awareness of how you show up in your behavior, right? So, We can show up in a calm, relaxed manner. You can show up aggressive. You can show up in a million different ways, anything in between. But again, how you're doing it is part of unraveling how anxiety is interfering or contributing to your relationship. Because I have to stop now and say that not all anxiety is bad. Some anxiety actually motivates you to make changes. And that would be a good type of anxiety. And if you're doing that, you've probably developed some positive coping skills that help you do that, right? But the anxiety that I'm talking about today is kind of the one that hurts your relationships. So going back to the coping skills, awareness is the first one. An easy way that you can track all of this is to write it down. Once you're noticing this experience, just jot it down. See if you can write down what triggered it. Where were you? Was it a word, a smell, a circumstance, a thought? What happened? And more likely than not, you're going to find some patterns. Because again, patterns are just the ways that you're relating and thinking and behaving and feeling. And they tend to show up over and over again. And many patterns also have to do with things that you haven't fully processed, right? So you're going to have to start learning in order to show up differently, how to process things in a different way, give them new meaning and alternatives. So we'll talk more about that in a minute. But the second positive coping skill I want to talk about is your breath, your breathing can interrupt anxiety and stress rather quickly. When you focus on your breath, and I'm saying in through your nose, out through your mouth, when you breathe in, deep, long breath. When you exhale, just get it all out, slowly exhale everything out. And what that happens, not only does it interrupt that fight or flight that's going on in your body, but that also shifts your focus on a mental level, to your physical level, and it stops that negative thought. Breath work is easy. It's easy because you can do it anywhere. But the practice of having a consistent breath work is sometimes hard for some people because for some reason they think it's so easy that it's not going to work. All you need is a few minutes. All you got to do is consistently keep doing it. Try it out. Sometimes it'll work better than others. I find that it always helps lower some of these stressful feelings. If it doesn't eliminate it fully, that's okay. But at least you're more in control. You're more grounded. So practice your breath work. Another thing is, replacing your negative thoughts with positive ones which is a big deal because when you are spiraling in negative thinking or in anger or of just seeing all the bad stuff that's happening sometimes it's very difficult to pull out of that something positive and something to look forward to sometimes it's hard to give it a new interpretation but i find that one of the quickest ways to do that is to ask yourself Okay, what can I learn from this situation? Even if it's hurtful, even if it's uncomfortable, is it a growth opportunity? Is there something that I can learn about myself in this process? And start looking at things in that way. And then you can come up with a new, different thought process instead of just stacking on all the negative stuff that's happening, what somebody's telling you and why it's so unfair and how can they be so hateful. And, you know, all that train of thought just leads you and your relationship to doom. So don't go there. Interrupt the path and pull out of that something positive. And then I want to talk about acceptance and how you can accept your anxiety and accept. I don't mean like it's okay. And I'm going to have to just, you know, give up and and live with this. I mean, accepting it, meaning, listen, it's going to come around. Anxiety is a protective mechanism. And we don't want to try to push it away. We want to just notice it, welcome it. Hey, anxiety, there you are. That's an interesting thought you're having. That's an interesting way that you're manifesting. It's almost like a visitor. It's not there to necessarily stay forever, but it's there right now. So just notice it, accept it, And try to stop controlling the stuff that you cannot control. You can always control the way you perceive something, but you cannot control other people. That's a big one when it comes to relationships. So don't let someone else's anxiety control you. And don't let your anxiety try to control someone else. Notice it for what it is. It's visiting, it's having thoughts, and, you know, it's just there. Take a breath, try to think something positive, notice it, become aware, and that's what I mean by acceptance. The next thing is getting familiar with your triggers in relationships. Those triggers can be so many things, and the way that they show up right? When you're angry at someone. And um, again, you might just lash out and judge and criticize all that stuff. It could be your anxiety, the tone of your voice, the way you walk into a room, your body posture, all of that influences behavior. And when you're talking about behavior amongst two people, which is what happens in any sort of relationship, awareness is the key. So those small, subtle shifts of just maybe regulating your tone of voice, the volume, the way you're standing, maybe, you know, slowing down, whatever it is that you need to do to create that space so that the anxiety does not start snowballing and you start saying things and thinking things which are not necessarily true. Because remember, you can't always believe your thoughts. Thoughts randomly pop in. And sometimes they're trying to say a story that's not necessarily the truth. And when you're anxious, stressed out, and you're in fear mode, and you're you're trying to control stuff, that can get really messy. So pay attention to that. Last thing I want to mention is mindfulness. Because when you incorporate mindfulness into anything, life just seems to get better. Mindfulness is just noticing. It's creating awareness, creating stillness, creating a space, not judging. So when we talk about relationships, don't be so quick to assume anything. People have bad days. Things happen. Circumstances exist all the time that everybody struggles with. Uncertainty exists for you and for somebody else. But if you learn to manage your anxiety, you can get along better. You can communicate better. Ultimately, you'll have stronger, more loving kind of relationships. So don't let your anxiety get in the way of how you are showing up for yourself and for others. I hope that you can take some of these coping skills and put them to practice today. Just notice. Whatever you're doing as you go throughout your day, if you somehow feel a bit anxious, a bit fearful, whatever it is, just try to interrupt that by choosing to become more aware, noticing your triggers, take a few clearing breaths, replace your thoughts, practice acceptance, and see what happens. I'd love to know. Anyways, that's what I got for you today. Until next week, I hope that was helpful. And, um, as always think well and be well, my friends catch you soon. Bye-bye. One more thing. Thanks for listening to my perfectly imperfect show. Keep in mind that I'm sharing thoughts and experiences and the information on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health or medical professional. If you have a moment to leave a rating or a review, that would be great. It's a way of sharing so that more people can find the show and start making some small shifts.